contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Appreciate you tuning in. This is something that's been on my mind for a few years. Sports and gambling, it reaches a pinnacle this week with the NFL approving a franchise relocation to, you guessed it, Las Vegas, Nevada. So this is happening. The NFL two years ago was talking about shutting down, actually did, not just talking about shutting down a fantasy football convention, Tony Romo, a lot of other players going there, Why? Well, not because of fantasy, they told me, because it was annexed. The place was annexed to a casino, not even part of a casino, in a convention center next to a casino. That's why they shut it down. Now, less than two years later, here we are, the NFL approving a franchise to go in the middle of all those casinos in Las Vegas. How did this happen? A stunning turn of events. Roger Goodell has always talked about integrity, integrity of the game, Gambling, number one issue, facing integrity. He's talked about it for so long. And again, sports in general, going to Pete Rose, going to Tim Donahue, uh, Paul P. Rosell banned Paul Horning and Alex Karras for a year for being involved with casinos. This gambling aspect has all changed. Why has it? Well, I think one of the things is obviously DFS, fantasy sports, because owners recognize what an incredible fan engagement tool fantasy is. Fantasy may have softened up their stance on gambling. Listen, the NHL, NBA's invested in FanDuel. Major League Baseball invested in DraftKings. The NFL takes sponsorships from either of these big companies, all the teams basically. Now, they're not investors. They're not equities. So Roger Goodell has had cover there. But, of course, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, they're early investors in DraftKings. But a stunning turn of events. Why did it happen? Well, I think, like always, you have to go back to the business of sports, which is what I talk about. And it's a cold, hard reality for fans, but it is all about the money. When they see deals like this, they're not going to pass up. I said it six months ago. When the Nevada legislature, in stunning amount of time, approved a $750 million public financing towards a stadium, and now we learn that there are $200 million in improvements... Uh, the NFL were not, and owners were not going to let that die. At that point, Sheldon Adelson, Adelson was involved. The casino magnate, a name that's synonymous with Las Vegas, he's out. But even him being out was a silver lining. You could say a silver and black lining for the Raiders when they didn't want to get too invested in casinos. He represents casinos. So Bank of America comes in. The deal is financed, and the owners love it, and they pass at the owners' meeting this week in Phoenix, the NFL owners passed this 31-1. to Miami, the lone holdout, the representative for the fans. Again, the money, $750 million. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Before that, the only thing that got close was $600 and something million of public money from Indiana for Lucas Oil Stadium with the Colts. But this, this is the biggest ever. And as I was told by NFL executives, something, and this is quite a something, is better than nothing. Nothing can't beat something, and referring to Oakland. Now, Mayor Libby Schaff, everyone says good things about her from the NFL. They they liked her. They felt that she was in a bad situation coming in two years ago to this situation. But there was a feeling among the NFL that, A, she wasn't really invested in the in the Raiders, and, B, she prioritized the A's, who are well on their way to a ballpark 
and have been getting some public help with that. So again, the Oakland situation combined with this creates the atmosphere for a third move in 15 months. And what about that? You know, the NFL is going to have a hard time fighting this perception of, a, of it being all about the business of football. Roger Goodell talks about the word solution. We're unable to find a solution in St. Louis, a solution in San Diego, a solution in Oakland. But it's hard not to see solution as just a euphemism for these cities, these municipalities not ponying up, not showing the owners the money. And again, speaking of the owners in Goodell, what will happen here, and it already has, the face of this public rancor And the face of this will be Roger Goodell. He is the heat-seeking missile for fans where they can direct their anger, their rancor, their ire towards the NFL. Those who do not get the bulk of it are the owners, even Stan Kroenke in St. Louis, Dean Spanos in San Diego, Mark Davis in Oakland. Yes, there'll be expletives shouted towards them, but the face of it is the commissioner. It's part of his job description is what he takes He is the one that takes the brunt of it from the fans because owners are too local. He is the national face. So where are we? We have three franchises moving. This one's a little more awkward because at least the next two years, the Oakland Raiders are still the Oakland Raiders. Playing in Oakland, not moving to Vegas at least till 2019, which would be a temporary solution. 2020, the brand new spanking stadium sparkling will open. From the player angle, of course, well, you know, the player shelf life is three and a half years. Most of this re- of this group of Oakland Raiders will not see Vegas. That's just the reality of it. Of course, Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Mari Cooper, we expect them to be there. But who else is really going to be there for the Oakland Raiders? I can put the over-under, and that's appropriate in this discussion, at about 15 players. That'll be there in 2020 when the stadium opens. That's how fast this moves. As to gambling, it's happening. I think what the NFL feels is by 2020 when this opens, we're going to have a much different feel in this country, a much different look, a much different legality about gambling. That may smooth the ranks again. Again, it's stunning to me when these discussions about Oakland over the past couple of years, I'm sorry, about Vegas, there's been concern about a tour, or tourism market only. Is it sustainable, a small market? And again, moving to a smaller market, here we are again. And, and But there was no discussion of gambling. That was kind of way down the list. It's just amazing to me, this sea change in the attitudes towards gambling. What do we attribute it to? I just keep coming back to that $750 million of public money. That'll subside a lot of fears about gambling, and it already has. And as I said, plus $200 million for improvements. And the fans, well... They just have to accept the cold, hard reality here. It's not about them. It's not about the fans. If it was, these teams wouldn't move. If it was, players wouldn't move. This is all about the business of football, the business of sports. Owners are going to go with the best deal. And when these deal negotiations happen between the owners and the teams, between leagues and the municipalities, nowhere in those discussions are the fans. It's about the deal. It's about who pays for what. It just happens that way. As to playing in Vegas, I think you'll see a lot of new hires in the NFL over the next few years. Hires to monitor security, to monitor officials, to monitor players, to monitor coaches, to monitor executives on these games. So we'll see a new landscape in the NFL. Gambling 
is not the integrity issue it once was, perhaps because of the softening by DFS and fantasy sports. And again, I just have to say this. The NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, NCAA, they're all fighting the potential of legalized sports gambling in New Jersey and other states, fighting it hard while (laughs) investing in fantasy, investing in sports research companies that assist gambling, and, of course, placing franchises in Las Vegas, first the NHL, now the NFL. I would think in due time it will be the NBA and Major League Baseball as well. Vegas in sports, Vegas in the NFL, the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to talk about some of the other issues going on with Roger Goodell trying to shorten the games for do a word from Harry's. You know, the Harry story is amazing. One big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its consumers. So Harry's took a different tact. You know, I love Harry's. You get the razors. It is a smooth shave. Never get a cut. The aftershave smells great. It has a free trial. You take it now. You get a blade. You get a five precision engineered blades with lubricating strip and trimmer blade. You get a rich lathering shave gel, the travel blade cover, and the great ergonomic razor handle. That's $13 value for you to try for free, so stop messing around. Get started with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer. $13 value for free just covers shipping. You get a razor handle, five blade cartridge, and shave gel. Go to harrys.com sports right now. That's harrys.com slash sports. A word about the NFL and Roger Goodell moving things around, trying to increase the play, the the stoppages. Now we're going to have tablets instead of going under the hood. Bravo. Now we're going to have uh, kickoffs or, or after touchdowns, 40-second clocks. Bravo. We're going to have less commercials. Bravo. However, less commercial pods. We're going to have more commercials within those pods, meaning the breaks. You know, I I think the bottom line is this. Roger Goodell says we're going to make these changes and get from an average of a 307 game, three minutes and seven, I'm sorry, three hours and seven minutes to three hours and two minutes, a five-minute change. Listen, that's great. (laughs) That's not enough. That is not enough. Here's what's going to happen. Consumers will demand more. Somehow, someway in soccer, they're able to make ads work. I think we have a lot of smart people in the advertising world, in the league world, in the business world that can somehow figure out a way to have less stoppages, less ads, less commercialization of the product, far less than Goodell and the league is considering now. To make this closer, eventually, to a two-hour product than a three-hour product. The consumers, listen, people won't stand for this, where you have 180, 185 minutes of product for 12 minutes of action. Eventually, people are going to tune out. Now, the NFL has a great hold. Ratings were down last year, but after the election, they were pretty much flat with the year before. The NFL is an incredible product. People consume it. It's like mainlined into our veins when we're young. But eventually, people will want less time for the same product, and that is available to do. You just need less commercials all these things are a good movement, but it's got to come down from three hours. I predict in the next 10 years, we will be closer to a two-hour product than a three-hour product. Consumers will demand it. 
A final word on it, what a lot of people are talking about is Colin Kaepernick. I think we talk a lot in extremes in the media, extremes that he's being blackballed, extremes that there's some kind of racism, extremes about different angles. I think it's somewhere in the middle, uh, the reason Colin Kaepernick is not being signed. Do I think Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed? No. Do I think teams take into account Colin Kaepernick's talent alone and nothing else? No. I think there is this distraction discrimination. It happened with Michael Sam, with Tim Tebow, with Ray Rice. Were they just ordinary, anonymous football players coming into a position down the line on the team, not in a starring role? They would be signed, in my opinion, all of those people. And now we include Kaepernick. I just think if there was nothing around him, he would be signed by now. Now, listen, I can't speak for his money angle what he's asking for, if that's the real reason, I think it's more than that. I think it has to do with, even though he said he would now not kneel for the anthem and stand like everyone else, he's fine. He's going to face this. What about the other stuff he brings discussion among football offices? Behind closed doors, here's what happens. Teams talk about players. And if there's other stuff around him and stuff is, whatever you want to call it, maintenance issues... They're going to pass for down-the-line players, for backup players, because they want anonymous football guys. Now, if the guy is special, yeah, they'll take on the other stuff. But if he's not, they won't. Again, Ray Rice, is he as good as a lot of these running backs signed over the last few years? Sure, but he brings other stuff. Is Colin Kaepernick as good as backup quarterbacks being signed around the league? Sure, but he brings other stuff. And he's not alone in this, by the way. I think Tony Romo is facing because people, you know, like, well, is that just an anonymous backup quarterback like everyone else? No, he brings some attention. Even attention can be part of this distraction discrimination. And I would put Jay Cutler in that rank, too, as well as Adrian Peterson. They're not just like other players when we talk about backups. If they were still superstars, as they were earlier in their career, we wouldn't have this discussion. So listen, Colin Kaepernick... And by the way, I want to say this about Kaepernick. People were, were very cynical uh, when he announced at the beginning of free agency that he's now no longer going to kneel. He's going to stand for the anthem. And I think that's fine. Listen, I think you can be, uh, you know, you can be making this stand as he has. And he has put a lot of personal money, investment, time, commitment into it. And also be practical about your career. I think you can absolutely do that, and I applaud Colin Kaepernick. The things that he's doing, getting a plane to Somalia with, with uh, nourishments and, and goods for starving people in Somalia, I mean, that's who does that? What athletes do that? Colin Kaepernick stands for something. Colin Kaepernick is more than your automaton player with tired cliches in his speaking. So I think... I admire and applaud him. I do think he is facing distraction, discrimination. I do not think he's being blackballed. So there is my take in between. So there's my take, mainly about the move to Vegas, a stunning move for a league that has held integrity of the game and gambling as striking the heart of that no longer. And, of course, the move by Goodell was shortening the product. you got to keep going. you got to get it shorter in three hours. And Colin Kaepernick. Distraction, discrimination. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening. 
Follow me at Andrew Brand on Twitter. Listen on iTunes and rate it, if you will, wherever you catch your podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.